is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Welcome to this episode on laser treatment for open angle glaucoma. If you're unsure what the angle is or what kind of angle you have, go back and listen to episode five. We also go into a detailed discussion of the open angle in episode six. Harry, why don't you tell us a little bit about what a laser is? There were some brilliant people who got a Nobel Prize at one point for realizing that if you stimulate some materials, they can give off light, all of which is the same color or the same wavelength. And if you arrange it so that that light, all at the same wavelength, going up and down at the same speed in essence, if you focus it in a particular way so all the waves are going up and down together, you get a very potent illumination of something and you can shine the beam for a very long distance, for example, to the moon and back without the light dissipating or spreading out very much. So light amplification by stimulated emission of radiation is where the word laser came from. There's a bunch of materials that will laze. There are solid crystals that laze. We're gonna talk about one of them in a few minutes. There are gases like a fluorescent light bulb a fluorescent light bulb tube is the kind of gas that if argon gas is in it, you can make a laser out of argon gas in a tube like that with mirrors at either end. Some lasers continuously give off their light, so they're like a flashlight. You turn it on and it just stays on. Other lasers, when you stimulate the material, get really excited and give off a burst of energy and then stop. So there are pulsed lasers that give it off in a burst, and there are continuous wave lasers that shine the light continuously out. And what kind are the ones that we use for ophthalmology? There are generally two kinds of lasers. One of them is the diode laser. A diode is a two-ended electrical device, which is a red light and every one of our audience has seen it at the supermarket. It's a thing that reads the price codes. It's that little red flickery light that comes up out of the glass screen on the base of the supermarket checkout counter. That very same laser, which is a continuous wave laser, is used for doing a variety of the things that we do in glaucoma treatment, some of which we may talk about in a future podcast like suture lysis after trabeculectomy. Then there's the pulse lasers, and a pulse laser, one in which neodymium, which is an element in the atomic table, neodymium crystal is stimulated and it gives off a pulse of energy. And that's one that we generally use to produce laser iridotomy or a hole in the iris of the eye. Subject of another podcast, I think, right? I'm really impressed that you could say that word correctly. Can you spell it though? That's the question. Neodymium? Well, I was in the spelling bee, so I can do that. N-E-O-D-Y-M-I-U-M. And it's laced with yttrium, aluminum, and garnet. So you'll hear the doctor talk about a YAG laser, Y-A-G. It's actually the tail that wags the dog there. The YAG is the additional materials that are in the neodymium. But we often hear someone say it's a YAG laser, and that's the one for making a hole in the iris. And lasers are used for many things in ophthalmology. Right now, we're just going to talk about the ones that are for glaucoma and, again, for open-angle glaucoma in particular. I might mention that the YAG laser, the neodymium YAG laser, 
can not only be in a pulsed mode, but you can actually stimulate that material to give out energy on a more continuous basis. And today, as part of this presentation, this podcast, we're going to talk about SLT, or selective laser trabeculoplasty. And that is a laser that gives off energy like the YAG laser does, but does it at a lower level and a non-pulsed or a continuous output. So let's go ahead and start talking about the selective laser trabeculoplasty. Well, SLT, as we also refer to it, it's a laser treatment that can help reduce your dependence on medications and possibly eliminate them completely by lowering your eye pressure. Laser treatment could potentially even prevent or delay the need for incisional surgery. The way that it works, from my understanding, is that we're targeting the trabecular meshwork or the drainage system of the eye. When we do the laser, it creates an inflammatory response and that it's a little complicated to explain the exact mechanism, but basically the way I think about it and the way I explain it is that that inflammatory response increases the size of the stretch holes in the drainage system and therefore allows more fluid to flow out. That's a fair way. I think that if you wanted to get into the detailed science of the whole thing, what we're doing with the laser is microscopically injuring the tissue not so much that we injure the entire area where water gets out of the eye, but by locally injuring it a little bit, the tissue goes into an injury response. Those of you who are gardeners know that if you prune a shrub, the shrub has an injury set of chemicals, hormones, that it puts out to suddenly stimulate new growth. And that's what we're doing with laser trabeculoplasty. We're stimulating the area of outflow so that it behaves better. Now, if you were to damage it massively, there's no way that any healing response could ever produce an overall beneficial effect. But by stimulating only 10% of it, the other 90% of it gets busy doing what a shrub does, growing new leaves. Well, in this case, it's making the holes bigger for the water to get out of the eye by doing biochemical things. That is, the cells divide and the cells produce new chemicals outside that help the water get out. Laser trabeculoplasty has been around since the 1970s, and Harry, you and I were just talking about how some of that work was actually done at Wilmer. Can you describe that? Well, the investigator who first did it wasn't a Wilmer faculty member at the time. He was at the University of California, San Diego, and that was David Worthen. And later, one of the Wilmer graduates, Dr. Jim Wise, who was then practicing in Oklahoma, used the argon laser. That's a continuous wave laser that I mentioned that has a big tube of argon gas in it. We don't use those lasers anymore because the red diode laser that I mentioned has completely replaced it. The old argon tube was as long as a desk and was frequently out of kilter and was quite a pain to keep the gas going. The diode lasers are as tiny as a flashlight and you'll see them literally just sitting in a little box on the desk of the ophthalmologist connected to that instrument with which we normally look at your eye, the slit lamp, the thing with the binoculars on a stand. So the laser energy from each of these lasers comes through that standard examining instrument, usually on a fiber optic line to get into the area so we can see you and the laser can see you by coming through a dual optic system. Right, so lasers are generally done in a clinical setting. They're not a true surgery, so they're not done in an operating room, although your doctor may do your laser procedure in a surgical center. Here we do them in the clinic, and again, we use a machine that looks just like a slit lamp, 
and the nice thing about the laser is that it can reduce the eye pressure by 20 to 25 percent. It's found to be as effective as being on one medication, it's pretty low risk, and has a pretty high potential for benefit. I like to tell people that if we were to do the laser treatment for open-angle glaucoma for you, I can tell you that having done thousands of those treatments, I don't have anyone who sees worse afterward because of some bad effect of the laser than they did before they had the laser treatment. So when we say low risk, we never say zero because, you know, the building could fall on us today while we're doing the podcast, but that's pretty low chance that's going to happen. And that's the kind of low chance that you're going to have a terribly bad effect. There can be, of course, times when someone has repeated laser treatment. Some people repeat the laser treatment multiple times. And if you do that, you take a chance that the microscopic injury that you're causing with any of these lasers is going to build up such that you actually produce a higher pressure instead of a lower pressure. That is diminishingly rare. It's very uncommon for that to happen. So, laser sounds great, but does it work every time, Mona? Well, it may not work every time. It does tend to work around 75% of the time, and if it doesn't work the first time, it can be repeated. And what we know from the past, and what I tell people, is that the eye pressure does come down in about 80% of patients for up to one year, 50% of patients for up to five years, and 30% of patients for up to 10 years. If it doesn't work the first time, it can be repeated, and a recent study out of the UK actually showed us that if it didn't work the first time and it was done a second time, that a patient may still have a good chance of having a response. Let's be a little clearer. If you had the laser treatment and absolutely nothing good happened, we probably wouldn't repeat it. In this study that doctor was just mentioning, when people had the treatment and it lasted for a while but then pooped out, they could have a repeat and then it lasted for a bit longer. Now that particular study was about three years in length. So if you say, well, what happens in five years or 10 years? Any of our therapies after 10 years have a chance that they won't keep working. But if you got five or 10 years worth of lowering and didn't have to use as much or even any eye drop medicine, that would be a Benny. And so I think people need to hear more about laser treatment whether they're doing this newer form that's called SLT, selective laser trabeculoplasty, or the older one, which still gets referred to as ALT, as if you were using argon laser, but we now use diode laser for the ALT. When you're having the procedure done, your eye will be numbed, and it'll be held open with a lens. After the procedure, you'll feel a heaviness of your eye, and your vision will still be intact, but because this laser produces some inflammation, you might kind of feel like there's a hair in your eye or what we call foreign body sensation. But doctor, what if I move my eye during the laser treatment? Well, if you move your eye during the laser treatment, the doctor does have a lot of control over where the laser spot goes. So hopefully they will not press the laser button when you move, but if that does happen, it's okay. The laser is not something that's going to damage other structures of your eye if you just have a few spots put in inadvertently somewhere else. If you can put up with a regular eye exam, us looking at you with a bright light, you can put up with a laser treatment. You might get little tickles occasionally when the laser is delivering. Of course, it's not just one delivery. We're talking about 80 to 100 times when the doctor steps on the pedal or presses the button. But... Each of those is very, very comfortable. 
really you can drive yourself home, although we usually ask people to bring somebody with them if they're having both eyes treated, because there can be enough slight blurring, partly due to the laser, partly due to the fact that this lens we put on your eye to keep it open has a coupling gel that's on there, and that gel is like a very, very gooey material. And so you're looking a bit like you're licking through water for a period of an hour or so. We usually check the pressure an hour afterward. Do you do that, Mona? I do. 45 minutes to an hour later, I'll check the eye pressure because one of the things that can happen with this procedure is that you can have an eye pressure spike. We will try to blunt that spike by putting in an eye drop before the procedure is done, and some people even put in one drop after the procedure is done. Some other things that you might experience after the procedure, as we mentioned, are like the inflammation, and so your eye might feel a little heavy. This can be treated with a non-steroidal eye drop, a steroid eye drop, or no eye drops. Each doctor is a little bit different. There is no gold standard on eye drops that should be used after the procedure, but I will tell you that according to some recent studies that have been done in my practice, I will have all patients use a non-steroidal eye drop for about five to seven days. Interestingly, Dr. Jampel, my colleague, and I looked at several hundred laser angle treatments that each of us had done. And Dr. Jampel's results were measurably better than mine on pretty much the same group of patients. And when we compared what he did and what I did, everything was the same except one thing. He had stopped giving anti-inflammatory eye drops after his laser treatments. Now, we can't say because this was not actually a randomized clinical trial. We can't say that this was the highest level of evidence. But I have to admit I'm doing now and some of my other colleagues are saying to each patient who has the laser treatment, we are going to give you a prescription for this anti-inflammatory drop. Don't use it if your eye is perfectly comfortable afterwards. And that's about 80-85% of our patients who never wind up getting the prescription for the anti-inflammatory drop. Some, though, who have a red eye, the anti-inflammatory drop actually does help. And one of our colleagues, Dr. Alan Robin, who did a study with me years ago, showed that while the results are just the same in some laser treatments, that the, the steroid, the anti-inflammatory eye drop, does make it more comfortable. So if you're having discomfort, it's best to use the anti-inflammatory. If you're not, there may be an advantage of not taking it. You know, a little less is better sometimes. The laser treatment takes around four to six weeks to work, so your doctor will probably see you again around one month after the procedure is done. And the decision about whether to continue your current glaucoma medications or to stop them is gonna depend on what your starting eye pressure is, how many medications you take, and what your doctor is advising. For me personally, I have most of my patients continue their glaucoma eye drops, and when I see them back at four to six weeks, that's when we can figure out whether they should continue the same glaucoma medication or whether we can start weaning them off. What do you do in your practice, Harry? Yeah, most patients will continue their drops. If they're on drops at the time of the laser treatment, they'll continue it because we don't know that it's going to work initially and we don't want someone to go six weeks with a much higher pressure. But if they're doing much better at six weeks, then, as you say, we can sequentially first stop one drop and then another drop and find out how many drops does someone still need to take or has the laser kind of taken over for the whole thing. You can find some nice videos on YouTube or you can also go to the Glaucoma Research Foundation. I found some very nice articles about selective laser trabeculoplasty there. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says take your drops. 